Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a news and focus commentary. It is Wednesday, February the 27th, 2019. It is currently 8.39 a.m. Central Time. Now, this commentary is basically going to serve as an update on a very important story that's getting a lot of coverage this morning. So I'm going to give you the basic information, and then I'm going to offer hopefully a different perspective on this story. Now, if you want additional information, if you want to see and hear continuing coverage about this subject, I know what you're thinking. You haven't told me the subject yet. That's okay. Just, just stay with me. If you want additional information and if you just want different content that's being updated around the clock, get our church app. It's absolutely free. Go to the Apple App Store, look for VBC66 or the Google Play Store, do a search for VBC66. VBC stands for Victory Baptist Church. 66 stands for the number of books in the Bible. VBC66. It's not your typical church app, so at least try it. If you don't like it, you can delete it. Again, it's free. We don't want anything from you other than your time. We want you using the app 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But get the app. And on the app, in the news and focus section of the app, you're already going to see one written story and one audio report from NPR about the subject we're going to be talking about. All right, so get the church app. Now, for those who are new to the news and focus commentary, let me explain. The news and focus commentary is very simple. I take time to focus in on what is happening in our world, but I do so from a biblical and theological perspective. So that's what I'm going to try to do right now. I'm going to try. We'll see if I succeed. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's go to the USA Today newspaper and usatoday.com. Headline, United Methodist Delegates Reject Plan allowing same-sex marriage and LGBT clergy. United Methodist delegates reject plan allowing same-sex marriage and LGBT clergy. Now, this is getting a lot of attention. All right, I've already seen, I don't know, probably 20 news stories this morning about this. And this is what's going to happen. Everyone's going to, to now run to their particular side. If you stand for what you believe to be the biblical teaching on marriage and the biblical teaching on clergy and the biblical teaching about homosexuality and the uh, biblical teaching about being bisexual, transgender, any of those issues, uh, then you're going to see this as a victory. Yes, the church took a stand for biblical values, biblical morality, biblical standards about time. Celebrate. Now, if you believe that those standards are wrong and they don't apply anymore today, and we need uh, the church needs to be more open, needs to be more inclusive, needs to be more loving, don't need to be so mean-spirited, so condemning, so bigoted, then you're going to see this as a defeat, and you're going to be upset. And what you may decide to do is, okay, we're gonna we're gonna try this again. We are going to change the Methodist Church forever, one way or the other. Or you may even call for a, an actual denominational split where all the people who are for this leaves the United Methodist Church and go and start a new denomination because, of course, there's not enough already. So let's have another one. Who knows? And they'll, they'll try to maintain the name Methodist somehow, so it'll get more confusing. You'll have the United Methodist, this kind of Methodist. The same thing happens in the Presbyterian world, the Lutheran world. Like, how many different kinds of Lutherans? How many different kinds of Baptists? But that's because people want a church to do things their way. They want to be in charge. They want to write the standards. They want to be the ones 
who uh, well basically creates a form of Christianity in their own image. That to me, that's the story here. But we'll get there. So people are going to take their particular sides. I think that I think that approach obviously is foolish um, for a lot number of reasons. But I think that's going to be the narrative. So let, let's see how this is going to play out in the media. If you're conservative media, like Christian radio or or maybe Fox News or, you know, talk radio, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, they're going to look at this, yes, the conservatives won. And the more liberal media is going to see, yes, see, we have a long ways to go to fight for equality for LGBT uh, people. We have a long ways to go until things are made right, until until this injustice is finally done away with. And this is this is what's wrong with conservatives. This is what's wrong with conservative Christians. And they're going to view it as a negative thing. And then that's how it's going to just, you, you, whichever bubble you're in, that's what you're going to hear. And it's either going to reinforce the way you think or irritate you, depending on what you're listening to at that time and what your perspective is. I think all of that is missing the point completely. But let's go back to the story. St. Louis, United Methodist on Tuesday, reject an F, rejected an effort by more progressive members of the global church to lift the denomination's ban on same-sex marriage and LGBT clergy. During the special session of the church's general conference in St. Louis, Delegates, delegates voted uh, not not to substitute the more inclusive one church plan for the conservative traditional plan, which reinforces the denomination's current prohibitions. I want you to stop right there. Again, from a biblical perspective, this whole thing is foolish. A church shouldn't have a one plan or a traditional plan or all these different kinds of plans. The church should be, okay, what does the Bible say? And how do we live that out in the life of a church? It shouldn't be competing plans. It should be, let's go to the scriptures. What do the scriptures say about marriage? What do the scriptures say? Or about, about these lifestyles. They condemn it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I know you can go to the Old Testament and say, well, some of those passages are found in uh, passages where there's prohibitions against eating this or prohibitions against wearing this. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. And many of those old, uh, prohibitions are not repeated in the New Testament. And the New, New Testament clearly indicates that many of those prohibitions have been done away with. And many of those prohibitions were legal rules for the nation of Israel living under a theocracy. And you could even argue that home homosexuality, the condemnation of homosexuality, also fit into the laws of the theocracy of Israel. But they are repeated in the New Testament as moral standards to be lived out by people. And that God condemns this activity as being sinful. You have to understand the different kinds of laws in the Bible. You have to understand how to interpret the Bible. So many people want to argue the Bible on this subject, and they probably shouldn't. But in this particular case, you have a church, a denomination, and, well, here's our plan. We're progressive. Here's our plan. We're conservative. Here's our plan. Is anybody going, wait a minute, could we just have a, a conference where we exegete the scriptures and figure out what the scriptures say? Is there that much disagreement on what the New Testament says in regards to these subjects? Is it that hard to, to interpret? No, this is the issue. Over and over and over. No matter how many times Protestants claim the scriptures are the final authority, here's the real issue. The Bible doesn't become the final authority. You, the individual, 
You become the final authority. You become your own pope. You become your own magisterium. You declare what is right. You declare what is wrong. And guess what? You'll try to then make the church go along with what, the way you think. And if you don't, if the church won't go along with the way you think, you leave and find a church that agrees with the way you think because you are your own pope. If the Bible's the final authority, then this is about what does the scriptures say, and then we bow to the scriptures. But the modern church is not never, and almost time and time again, is not about what the scriptures say. It's about creating it's about recreating Christianity in our own image. When I read that thing about this, this problem with this plan, that's that's what you see. Everyone has their plan. The one side has the one church plan, the other one has the conservative traditional plan. Now, this idea to replace the traditional plan with the one church plan. It failed by 75 votes, 374 to 449, all right? It failed by, uh, by 75 votes. Later, Tuesday, delegates and a 438 to 384 vote approved the traditional plan as some opposed it to disrupt the meeting and protest. So there was protest. There was arguing. It was close. 75 votes. I still think they're, they're, they have to do a final vote. I think they do uh, maybe today or maybe they did it late last night. But the point is that's, that's close to passing. So here is my question. For the conservative side of the United Methodist Church, why do you have so many people in your church who wants to support a plan that clearly goes against the scriptures? Maybe what the United Methodist Church needs to be really looking at is not why, not looking at how many people support homosexuality and how many people don't support homosexuality. Maybe the United Methodist Church need to look, look at how have you been treating the Bible in your churches? Do the, are the Bibles treated as the infallible and errant word of God, which we are to exegete carefully, which we are to interpret carefully using proper modes of, home, of hermeneutics? and proper uh, rules of interpretation, and we are to expound that text powerfully, forcefully, and authoritatively from pulpits and, and make it very clear, this is what the Word of God says. If you reject the Word of God, you are in rebellion, you are in sin. And if you're going to continue to reject the Word of God, then you need to even question why you are a Christian. I say that this vote being this close is not a victory. The vote being this close shows that in many cases, the United Methodist Church, and not, and not all of them, but for many of their churches, they have listened, shown disrespect to the Word of God. They've mishandled the Word of God. They've downplayed the authority of the Word of God. They're not exegeting it. They're not expounding it. They're not studying it. And that members of the uh, Methodist Church, in many cases, are not a Bible-based church. They're not Bible-based Christians. They are simply going around doing what they want, using Scripture as a tool to support whatever idea they have. They're not, now they're not coming to the Scriptures to say, what do the Scriptures say? And I'm going to follow it. No, I'm going to take the Scriptures and mold it into my image. I'm going to take Christianity and mold it into my image. This entire vote is a wake-up call for churches everywhere. Either we're going to be committed to the Scriptures, we're going to be committed to historic Christianity, or we're going to simply reform it into our own image and pretend the Scriptures are the authority when in reality we're our own Pope, our own magisterium, making whatever we want to be true. 
This is an issue with the church at large, not just the United Methodist Church. 75 votes? That's how close it was to passing? I think possibly this will lead to a denominational split. That's where I think this is headed. All right, there's a lot more I could say, but I wanted to at least just throw out a few thoughts today on this. And again, some people are going to say, so, and make this very clear, a church should not hate homosexuals. They should love them and call them to repentance and faith. They should treat homosexuality like they treat fornication, pornography, adultery, lying, gossip. It's a sin like all the other sins that the Bible condemns. We should show love. We should show respect. We should welcome them to attend. Transgender, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what letter you want to place next to your, like you want to identify yourself as an L, a G, a B, a T, a Q, an E, V, W, X, Y. We don't care the letter you want to associate yourself with. The door is open. Come in. Hear the word of God preached. Now, we're not going to water it down. We're not going to water it down. We're going to preach it. You may be offended, but you know what? Hopefully you're equally offended as the person sitting next to you who's a gossip or the person sitting next to you who's, uh, who slanders people, who lies, because we preach against sin. But at the same time, we offer good news. God condemns sin, but he sent his son to die for sin and for sinners. He died to redeem us, all sin. Your sin of homosexuality we don't view that any worse than that this the, the sin that uh, is also present within the congregation. But you are welcome to come now. If you're going, to, if you're, if you are saying yes, I am a homosexual. I know it's a sin, and I, I'm going to struggle against it. Then you're welcome. Yes, you're welcome. Yes, believe in Christ, repent, and we understand that you may struggle with that sin your whole life, just like everyone else in the congregation struggles with their sin. We don't expect perfection because we don't expect perfection from anyone else in the congregation. What we expect is an acknowledgement of that sin, struggle against it, you're going to fall, and we should be there to pick you up, to hold you up, to try to help you move forward in your Christian life. But if it's just an outright rejection of Christianity and you simply want to, uh, to create a Christianity into your own image, then stop claiming to be a Christian and just go live your life. Christianity is what the Bible claims it is. It's not what we want it to be. So there, there's a lot of issues here. I think many Christians have handled the homosexual thing in a wrong way that we treat it as some horrible sin, different than all the other sin. Um, the churches have done a lot of horrible things in the name of Christ when it comes to the LGBT community. And I, I will condemn any time the church has handled themselves in an unbiblical way. But at the same time, when you have people who really don't like Christianity and that for all practical purposes they hate it, why do they want to be a part of a church and try to make the church accept something that's not biblical? Just, just, go, just go live your life. Christianity is what Christianity is. I don't get to define it. You don't get to define it. Scriptures get to define it if the scriptures are the actual authority. All right. A lot more could be said. Now, remember, this has only been 15 minutes. So you're going to go, you should have said this and you should have said this. And why didn't you say this? And what about this? It's only 15 minutes. So please don't hold me to a standard where I'm supposed to have crossed every T and dotted every I in a 15-minute commentary. I just wanted to offer some different thoughts just to get the conversation started. And then we will definitely be following and talking about this in the weeks to come because I think there's a bigger story here than simply the fact that the one church plan uh, got voted down barely. There, there's a bigger issue here about the church at large and about what is happening in the church.
All right, there's my unique perspective. Please give it some thought today. And then again, I'll be updating this story throughout the day in the news and focus section of the VBC 66 church app, VBC 66. All right, have a great day. God bless. Thank you.